It's the Wednesday edition of the North Shore Drive podcast, and that means we're going to get you ready for the Steelers' final preseason game and the, and the best angles to look at it. To do that, I got the help of Jerry Dulac leading off the show as we talk about the Steelers' rookies and much a lot of other things, and we'll finish off the show with Brian Batko. All here from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Let's get into it. You are now listening to the North Shore Drive podcast, a show on all things Pittsburgh sports, from the writers of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, hosted by Christopher Carter. Hello and welcome to the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I'm your host, Chris Carter, joined today by Jerry Dulac, one of our esteemed Steelers beat writers here with us joining on the show to start things off. Remember, this show is sponsored by Mike's Beer Bar, the best place to go to for beer in all of Pittsburgh. You can find them in the North Shore right across the street from PNC Park. Whether you're in for a Steelers, Pirates, or Pit game, Mike's Beer Bar is right across the street from PNC Park and gives you the best selection of beer in town with over 500 available beers, 300 of them being local beers and 80 of those being local craft beers on tap. Check out Mike's Beer Bar for that. We'll have more on them later. Jerry, wanted to talk to you about where things stand going into the final preseason game with the Steelers rookies because there was a lot of talk about talk, talking points going into going into training camp and the preseason about Broderick Jones, where he'd be with Dan Moore Jr. But I want to start with you about Joey Porter Jr. because we previewed him before the last preseason game. You talked about his importance, and he delivered with a big interception, uh, a, sol- a solid display of play. And Mike Tomlin talked about the willingness of putting Patrick Peterson in the slot in the defense, which seemingly would open the door for more opportunities for Joey Porter Jr. to play. How much, how close do you think Joey Porter Jr. is to being a, a serious part of the Steelers' cornerback rotation going into week one? Well, Chris, I don't think there's any question their plan is to have him play on the outside. And I don't think there's any question uh, they are uh, best equipped uh, to have him playing on the outside. I don't think they want Patrick Peterson out there. I know they don't. Um, they would prefer Patrick Peterson inside. They want to use Patrick Peterson as a nickel. They want to use Patrick Peterson as a dime. They want to use him maybe as a little bit of a safety in some of their sub packages. They don't want him out on the outside unless there's a special defense. They're trying to play some type of zone. Um, but he give, Joey Porter Jr. gives them the best option outside and we heard Mike Tomlin say the other day that they want to put because Joey Porter didn't play in the first game the first preseason game they want to put him according to Mike Tomlin in some in situ in some situations and environments to get him more prepared to play which means they want to get him prepared to be their starting corner and I I expect him if not by week one certainly by week two uh, the games at home uh, it's against the 49ers we know um, it's probably better starting him at home than on the road in his very first game. But there is no question uh, whatsoever that their plan is to have Joey Porter be their starting outside corner. So if Joey Porter Jr. is the outside guy, Levi Wallace outside and Pat Peter- Peterson on the inside, would that limit the opportunities for guys like Shannon Sullivan and Elijah Riley to be slot corners on this team? Because that is a, a necessary role. Well, you, you know, Chris, they play so much sub-package football um, that, um, you know, Patrick Peterson's going to be on the field, not all the time, not at age 33, but he's going to be on the field. Uh, but I don't know that he's going to play that nickel, that slot corner, um, you know, a whole lot in press mm. coverage. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't think that's going to happen a lot. 
but they have a lot of different roles for him. And I don't know how much, you know, that's what they're going to find out. They're going to find out in a regular season who can do what. It looks nice in the preseason, but let's face it. Uh, Chandon Sullivan and Elijah Riley, for the most part, are playing the other team's second and third teamers. So until they go against front liners and the Steelers find out what works, uh, you know, they're going to kind of experiment uh, with that a little. Um, but, you know, they'll, they'll put Patrick Peterson on the field quite a bit. But just like with the other guys, they're going to find out what works for him and what doesn't work for him. Uh, you know, they want to make sure at age 33, he still has something left in the tank. Do they think he does? Yeah. Does he think he does? Yeah. Um, but you know what? The regular season is going to tell us. Preseason isn't telling us anything, nor is it going to. No, I, I agree with that. Let's let's flip to the first round pick real quick here. Roderick Jones had some chance had more chances to play in the in the second preseason game again, but he gave up a sack. Didn't look all that terrible, but you could tell he still had room to grow. Meanwhile, Dan Moore Jr. looked like a starting left tackle. Jerry, where do you see this battle being? A lot of people had this pegged as something that either Broderick would take by week one or at least by like week four or five or six, some going into the midseason. Is is Dan Moore in a position where he might solidify himself as the starter for for this year. You know, Chris, it's going to be very interesting to see what they do with uh, Broderick Jones. He is not ready to play. I was talking to the coaches today about him. They really like the progress he's making. They they know he's going to be a really good left tackle in this league, but he's not ready to be that now. And the intriguing part about all this is you talking about a guy, Dan Moore, who's uh, in his third year, he started at left tackle, the, the, uh, the most important position on the offensive line since the first game of his rookie season. He's never missed a game. He's reliable. He's solid. Yeah, does he make some mistakes? Yeah, so does every young left tackle short of Anthony Munoz or Tony Baselli. <laughs> so that's going to happen. But he's not a swinging gate out there. And is, am I calling him a Pro Bowl, uh, a Pro Bowl tackle? No. But he's more than solid when you think of what he has done in only his third year in the league. And they are not ready to move Dan Moore Jr. out of that spot. Uh, he's been very good. We saw him throw a big block the other day on Jalen Warren's uh, 62-yard touchdown. But then that whole play was executed and blocked to perfection. They couldn't draw it up any, board, any better uh, on the chalkboard. So I don't see Broderick Jones moving in as the starter anytime soon unless there's an injury. But as I like to say, Chris, they didn't bring him in to lead the band at halftime. Broderick Jones is going to play, and they're going to work him into that lineup in some form because they don't just want him sitting on the bench as long as Dan Moore is playing well. Absolutely. I want to flip to another Georgia guy, and that's going to be Darnell Washington. Now, he got in the game and drew two pass interferences in the end zone, as we saw when Mitch Trubisky was quarterbacking. Do you feel Darnell Washington has done enough to justify maybe being a part of a tight end rotation with the starters? Or is he still a guy that you see as a reserve guy who will just come off, come onto the field rarely whenever they need to give Fryermuth and uh, Gentry a blow? Yeah, I think it's more the former than the latter, Chris. I, I mm -hmm. will say I thought one of those pass interferences, and I think the first one was actually pat offensive pass interference. <laughs> I thought he grabbed the guy more than he was interfered with. But all that being said, yeah, I think I think they feel like they want to get, um, you know, Darnell Washington involved uh, in that offense on the field. You know, when Bruce Arians was the offensive coordinator, they used three tight ends a lot. They have not done that since, really. Um, and, and so um, that presents a lot of options. When you get, have a guy like Darnell Washington, who's such a good blocker, but is athletic enough, and we have seen it, he's skilled enough to catch the ball and run after the catch, 
He's an intriguing option there. And I would love to see them use some three tight end sets, a lot more of it, to utilize some of his ability. But I, I definitely think he's going to be part of some type of rotation or packages that they want to use. I want to talk to Jerry more about how the run game is working for the Steelers. He wrote a very interesting piece about an, an aspect of the run game that is helping things out. We'll discuss that on the other side of this break here on the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. But before we do that, I want to remind you this show is sponsored by Mike's Beer Bar, the best bar in all of Pittsburgh. Go to, go to the North Shore right across the street from PNC Park, and you can find Mike's Beer Bar where they have over 20 televisions so you can ch- catch all your NFL games, your college football games, Pirates, Penguins, Riverhounds, Premier League, Anything sports, you can watch right at Mike's. When you go on in there, they have 500 different available beers at all times, 300 of them being local beers, and 80 of those local beers being craft beers that you can get right out the tap available into a, into a cold glass. And you can get try out their flights right now where you can check out all the different options all in one sitting. And trust me, you'll never run out of options because Mike's gives you so many to cycle through. Try their steak on a stone for an awesome meal where you can choose how hot you want your steak cooked right in front of you and on a heated stone as you enjoy a night out in Pittsburgh. Come to Mike's Beer Bar and get your sports fix and experience the best bar in Pittsburgh and tell them Chris sent you. We're back here on the North Shore Drive podcast. Chris Carter, Jerry Dulac. We're going to keep rolling here. Jerry, you wrote a piece that I thought was very interesting in a, in, a, in a specific dynamic of the run game. And you talked about receivers focusing on their blocking downfield. And, and one thing that Najee Harris noticed, that Jalen Warren, everyone noticed and talked about was everyone on the offensive line did a great job blocking on Jalen Warren's touchdown. But you saw Deontay Johnson. He didn't flat anybody. But he did his job, walled off his man, so all Jalen Warren had to worry about was the safety at the end of the run, and that was a big thing. It, what did you th- What did you get from your piece when you were when you were looking at how they've emphasized to make that an improved part of their game? Well, the first thing uh, about all that, when you go back and watch that play, as I just uh, referenced a little bit earlier, you you cannot draw it up any better. You cannot get four linemen uh, executing blocks. Uh, any better, the center, Mason Cole, the right guard, James Daniel, getting into the second level. Uh, Jalen Warren cutting between Dan Moore and uh, Isaac Ciamalo. Um, But it was the block downfield by uh, Deontay Johnson. And, yeah, he didn't pull a Heinz Ward there and flatten the guy. (laughs) But he got in his way. He blocked well enough. He knew how to block him or at least get in his way. And and Jalen Warren used that block to to, uh, get score in that 62-yard run. I, what I found uh, interesting about all that is, you know, Matt Canada talked about this the other day. Uh, Deontay Johnson was telling me today that it's been a point of emphasis. And I even had a chance to talk to George Pickens after practice about blocking. You wouldn't think they would ask a Mercedes to act like a Ford 150, but they would like George Pickens to do that. And George Pickens said he likes doing that. He actually, he said, he actually did that at Georgia. Now, I'd have to go back and watch uh, their game film, but I'll take him at his word. But that's something uh, that the Steelers want to do. And the reason why um, I was shocked to find this out, I knew they only had eight runs of 20-plus yards uh, last year. Uh, uh, eighth fewest, I think they had 10, excuse me, eighth fewest in the league. They had zero runs of 40-plus yards. They haven't had a run of 40 yards or longer since the 2020 season. And wow. if you want to have an explosive offense, you got to have explosive run plays, not just pass plays. Now, 
I, I, I grant you, Najee Harris and Jalen Warren aren't known as game breakers. They are not the types of backs that are going to hit those types of home runs. But they feel if they start to get some of that downfield blocking, or if the I don't want to say start to, but if they're guys, if they can get away with some of that, get guys to the second level and get blocks downfield, that's going to lead itself to certainly a whole lot more 20-yard runs. Maybe not a whole lot of 40-yard runs, maybe, but when you haven't had a 40-plus yard run since 2020, uh, that's a that's a, probably not a good sign. The only thing I didn't go check, but I'd be willing to bet they're the only team in the league that hasn't had a, four, a run of at least 40 yards since 2020. I bet they're the only team in the league that doesn't have one. It's crazy to think about that. Also, George Pickens did used to just get dudes out of the club in, in, in college. I saw a couple of clips of him in Georgia where he would just bully people when he wanted to, but it, was, it wasn't consistent enough. And I think that's what the Steelers want to coach into him and the entire receiving core is that on every play. And Najee Harris, when we spoke to him, you, you, were, you, were, you were there as well. He was crediting, and it was funny at one point, Cody White was no longer in the team, but he was like, hey, Cody, I did give you a shout out for, for your blocking because it has been an emphasis and we've seen the impact there. But I, I think a across the board along with the wide receivers it's been very interesting to see that kind of switch that we've seen in the run game because to coincide with Najee Harris coming onto the team in 2021 we also saw just the dropping of the offensive line Marquise Pouncey David DeCastro Ramon Foster all those guys they were gone and the Steelers had to revamp their offensive line it's taken them time and I think we're starting to see the results of that on top of seeing the receivers block downfield. Jerry, do you think that the Steelers are getting back to being a team that can depend on the run because of the guys that they have that are willing to block? Yeah, I I, I think that's their mindset. Now, we are going to see if they do that, but we saw great improvement in their run game last year. Look what they did in the second half of the season. You know, they ended up averaging 146 yards per game. Najee Harris's average went from 3.3 before the bye to 4.1 after the bye. Um, so, yeah, I, I think we're seeing that. And, of course, all the attention that they paid in the offseason to improving uh, the offensive line. I think two big things. Isaac Ciamalo is a great addition, obviously. Mm-hmm. Going to be much better than Kevin Dotson. And not to throw stones at him, but he's just, he's just not that type of player like Ciamalo. And also... James Daniels is really playing like what they expected. We saw this, him, uh, you know, uh, get better as the season went on. But when you look at the way James Daniels played at this time last year and the way he's playing this year at this time, it is night and day. And when you look at those two guards and you put them around Mason Cole, who is very underrated and very solid, that interior of that line is pretty darn good. And uh, I think, uh, you know, they are able to rely on those guys to, um, you know, have a solid running game and depend on it uh, more so than we have seen. Although, again, we saw it in the second half last year, but more so than we've seen the last number of years for sure. Absolutely. He's Jerry Dulac of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Don't go anywhere. We still have to talk with Brian Batko as we do another one of our preseason fantasy rounds. But before we do any of that, I want to remind you guys that this show is sponsored by Savinas Kane and Gallucci, Mesothelioma, and asbestos lawyers with over 85 years of experience. Call them now for a free consultation with Savinas Kane and Gallucci. We're also sponsored by GameTime.co. We're buying your tickets to your favorite events. Shouldn't be stressful. GameTime is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all your sports, music, comedy events, and theater near you with killer deals on last-minute tickets. And they have a best price guarantee that can't be beat. So you can stop stressing over the t- t- tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you're about to have. Download the GameTime app right to your phone, and they'll get you a 
exclusive flash deals on tickets for football games, basketball games, baseball games, concerts, comedy, theater events, everything near you. Game Time will help you get into. And the Game Time best price guarantee means that you'll always get the best price. And if you find tickets in the same section and row for less somewhere else, Game Time will credit you 110% of the dif- difference. So not to take us without the stress with Game Time by downloading the Game Time app, create an account, and use code PITTPIT for $20 off your first purchase or go to the website GameTime.co. Terms exist to apply. Create an account and redeem code PIT for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We're back here on the North Shore Drive podcast. Chris Carter, Brian Batko now subbing in for Jerry Dulac so we can finish our series of fantasy football in the Steelers preseason. Brian won the last one, 35-25. I won won the one before that, 37-32. So now here we are, game three in the same format. We're going to have a little fun here. Got a quarterback, a running back, two wide receivers, two tight ends, and two defensive players that we have to select and to, to get the uh they get the most fantasy points on Thursday night football as the Steelers take on the Falcons in Atlanta. Brian, I guess I, I let's just ask you, what how did you win the last one? Go talk talk about your strategy. Well, um obviously Chris, I knew that Jalen Warren was going to pop off the longest <laughs> run that the Steelers have had since uh we were all wearing masks and uh, sanitizing our hands every two seconds back in 2020. So, um, no, I mean, that was a very fortuitous uh, play for me, as was Mitch Trubisky to Connor Hayward. You and I were sweating out that seven-shots oh, scenario. Oh, I know you really wanted Anthony McFarland to run that uh, run that John in. So close. So close. Yeah, you almost had the Calvin Austin punt return as well, but oh, man. Uh, he got tripped up at the end. So it was uh, it was a good battle. I mean, I obviously I'm going to point out that I'm up by five on aggregate scoring, but that doesn't matter now. We go to the rubber match on a neutral floor. There we go. There we go. A rubber match right here. Let's neutral get, let's field, I should say. Um, all right, we're going to do the same thing as we have. I got a coin right here. Call it in the air, and then we'll go from there. Tails. Tails. Heads, ha-ha, you finally lost one. You finally lost a, a coin toss. Now I get to choose. I go second, so you have to go first. All right, I've got the first pick. Look, I'm going to take a guy who, you know, all he does is throw darts in the preseason, rack up yardage touchdowns in August. Mason Rudolph will be my quarterback here, and – you know, this could backfire for sure. They, they, this could be a situation where the Steelers know what they have in him in year, what is it, six now for Rudolph? Um, 18, yeah, 18, you're six. 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. Yeah, you're six. That's crazy. So, I mean, it's only his fifth, it's only his fifth preseason. Um, but, you know, it could, we could get a heavy dose of Tanner Morgan. We could see more Kenny Pickett. We could see more Mitch Trubisky. But I feel like this the the preseason finale is where Mason Rudolph shines. Well, thank you for taking him because now I'll go and address other important positions. I'm gonna I want to build Calvin around Austin. my quarterback. There we go. You build around your quarterback. I'm gonna go get Calvin Austin. I'm gonna add him to my to my regime here because I still think his big playability is is huge here. And now here's the question: Do I which which one do I want to go with? I'm gonna go get Darnell Washington again. Okay. I, he hasn't scored for me yet. 
but I, I feel like he's due. Like, I mean, they, they tried to give him two touchdowns you know, in the, in the red zone uh, before uh, Connor Hayward caught that one. So there we go. Austin and Washington, my top tight end and, and receiver are off the board. What you got next? Well, I am going to go with Connor Hayward. I will give you a quick fact, stat, factoid, nugget, whatever you want to say. Uh, last two times Connor Hayward has played in this building, the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. He's caught oh, a touchdown that's a pass. Point. That's a good point. Last, last season uh, against the Falcons. And the Peach first Bowl. first NFL touchdown catch. And, yes, you're right, Chris, the Peach Bowl. I was, against, I was covering that one. Against the Pitt Panthers uh, from Michigan that. State. So, you know, he knows those end zones very well. <laughs> I will take him as my top tight end. And I'm also going to go running back, too, off the board. So, again, you know, I've, I've, I've sort of thrown strategy out the window a little bit here <laughs> by picking a QB and a running back early because now you don't have to worry about those positions. But I want Anthony McFarland on my squad. I think he's going to be the guy who gets the most run here. Um, otherwise, you know, you, you might end up choosing between – some of the no names in the backfield during what could become a garbage time affair on Thursday night. It could, it could. It just, it's funny. Whoever's had Anthony McFarlane has lost so far. Each That's one. a good point. That's a good point. But I, I'm just worried about Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. Like, I don't know if either one of those guys are going to get many carries. So, you know, I'll leave it to you to choose between the Greg Bells and Xavier and Valades of the world. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, all right, so I get two picks here. You you picked your running back and your quarterback, so I can leave those guys out. I'm gonna go. Get, I'm gonna go. I've got like the third string squad. I've I've got the third string QB, the third string running back, and you could, I would probably argue the third string tight end at this point in Connor Hayward. I'm gonna go with. Let's go get Nick Herbig. Ugh. Because he continues he was to be on the top of my board of defenders. He's a cheat code. <laughs> he is a cheat code. That man just gets sacks. Um, now, what do I do here? Ooh, do I double up on defense and take that all the way? Or do I close out one of the other positions? Because I could. Let's let's do this. I'm gonna go get Gunnar Olszewski. Yeah, I'm gonna take him as well. Yes, sir. I was, right, I'm, so, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to see into what your strategy is, Batco. Okay. So it does me no good at this point to take a receiver because Correct. you've got two. Yep. yep. Um, all right. I'm going to go defensive side of the ball for these two picks. Just that's smart. It, yeah. I mean, it really just makes sense because I get my, you know, I get my picks here before you can choose another. I will take Joey Porter Jr. Um, nice. Hopefully, you know, hopefully for me, we get another pick. It sounded like uh, Mike Tomlin wants to see a lot of him out there in this game because he missed the preseason opener. And I will take a guy who was on your squad last week, Isaiah Loudermilk. Go get me a sack, Big Milk. Go go take down Desmond Ritter or uh, or Taylor Heineke in this game, please. That's a good pick. That's a good pick. All right, so I don't got to worry about defense. So, I mean, the position I really have to worry about here is tight end. So I have to choose someone before you can choose someone. Picking Pat Frymuth really worked for me last week, but I don't know how much they use him this week. But I also don't know how much they actually would throw the ball to Gentry. So I'm going to take Pat Frymuth again. He may not play in this one, but 
I'm going to just take take the chance that he gets another, like, just another kind of deep ball from Kenny Pickett in a situation and get yeah. some big points. All right. So I might as well just take my two receivers then at this point. Yes. The first one, I will go Deontay Johnson. I'm a Wait, little did I take two players there? What's that, Chris? Did I take two players there? Uh, Maybe not. It doesn't yeah. matter. I mean, at this point, we've picked all each other's players. Uh, okay, who are your two receivers? <laughs> we'll figure it out at the end. All right, I'm going with Deontay Johnson. Both Matt Canada and Mike Tomlin this week talked about mm. you know, within the amount of snaps that starters play and you know what they want to see. They also have certain agendas that they want to accomplish. Just a hunch from me here, maybe there is an agenda to let Deontay Johnson catch a touchdown pass at some point before the heat death of the universe, and they could potentially accomplish that in a preseason game. Get him off the schneid going into the regular season. So he might only play one drive with the starters, but if he does, I'm gonna I'm gonna bank on him finding the end zone. I'm going at the top of the receiver depth chart for one of my guys. For the other, I'm gonna go to the bottom for the most part and take Des Fitzpatrick again for the second week in a row. So I'm, I'm really just – I'm hoping that Deontay Johnson will do the early heavy lifting and Des Fitzpatrick will be racking up those junk time receptions and yards. All right. I have three picks left here, so I, was, I did miss one. Um, so then here's what we'll do. I'm going to go take – ooh, for defense. Hmm. For defense, I'm going to take Cole Holcomb because he's been playing a little bit longer. Okay. That's some, he can get deflections, tackles, and sacks, so we'll put him in there. And then for running back, oh, this is tough because Anthony McFarlane kind of is the go-to guy here. You're, really, you're, almost, you're, you're choosing between the bell cows and, yeah, I mean, the, the longest of long shots to make this roster at this point. Right. I'm going to go with Jalen Warren because I almost said Jalen Warren last week. And then I started to say Jalen Warren and then I talked myself out of it. And then if I had picked Jalen Warren, I would have won last week. So good job, Chris. So we're sticking with Jalen Warren. I won with whoever's had Jalen Warren has won uh, each, each game so far. So I will stick with that trait. And I guess we both just make our final picks. I'm going to take Mitch Trubisky because I don't think that Kenny's going to play that long Uh, in this, in this one. I do think he'll play some, who is your final tight end? All right, Mr. Irrelevant of the uh, of the North Shore Drive preseason fantasy challenge between Chris and myself. I'll go with uh, Yak Gentry over Rodney Williams. Ooh, I think Zach, uh, I I think Zach Gentry, yeah, Zach Gentry gets a chance here to uh, to maybe find the end zone. As we've seen, you know, with with the format here, not a ton of players, so the score's been relatively low. One touchdown. Has has essentially been the difference in in both games. Um, so I'll I'll go with Gentry and, and hope he uh, hope he catches one from from my guy Mason Rudolph to uh, to give me the win here. Absolutely. All right. So your team is Mason Rudolph, Anthony McFarland, Deontay Johnson, Des Fitzpatrick, Connor Hayward, Zach Gentry, Joey Porter Jr., and Isaiah Loudermilk. My team is Mitch Trubisky, Jalen Warren, Calvin Austin, Gunnar Olszewski, Darnell Washington, Pat Fryermuth, Nick Herbig, and Cole Holcomb. Those are the teams that we have picked right here. You can find out 
who wins by watching Thursday night football. We'll recap. One thing we learned, Chris, we so. you don't want the fans to vote for you on Twitter. Yeah, apparently not. Because I, I, the last two times, whoever has won the fan vote has lost the actual contest. Shows us that none of us know how fantasy works in the preseason. <laughs> it's a complete crapshoot, but uh, but that's part of the joy of this for sure. Exactly. We don't want we don't want actual effort be counting for anything here. We want aimless fun awarding our successes. So there we have it. There are our fantasy teams. We hope that you've enjoyed this Wednesday edition of the North Shore Drive podcast. I'm Chris Carter. He's Brian Batko. Thanks again for tuning into the North Shore Drive podcast. And thanks again for Jerry Dulac hopping in here. Remember, you can check out this show every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoy it. Subscribe to this channel for all of our episodes as well as our daily content that comes out from the Post-Gazette in our sports department. We'll be back Friday recapping and talking about the biggest the biggest stories of the Steelers' Thursday night game against the Falcons in the preseason. We'll see you then right here on the North Shore Drive Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. If you watch this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our channel. For three months of digital access to post-gazette.com at 99 cents, click the link below in the description. Thank <laughs> you.